Hello, welcome to Injury Prevention Podcasts. My name is Rod McClure. Each month I chat with a distinguished researcher or practitioner, and together we explore the narrative of their injury prevention careers. Today, we have the pleasure of chatting with Emeritus Professor Barry Pless, Director Community Developmental and Epidemiological Research, Montreal Children's Hospital. Barry was the founding editor-in-chief of Injury Prevention. Hello, Barry. Hello, Rod. Wonderful to have this opportunity to chat with you. Thank you very much for your time. Maybe we could start recognizing your uh, contribution to the field over very many years uh, with the title Elder Statesman of Injury Prevention and ask you a couple of questions to start with around the beginnings of the journal and why you felt that this was a, a good contribution at that particular time to make. I gave you a very vague question there, but an opportunity to chat about the beginnings of the journal. Right. Well, the journal began uh, in 1995, uh, and in the editorial that uh, I hope will be read by uh, most of the people listening to this podcast, uh, we try to explain uh, how it came about and why and who were the key actors that were involved. Um, it was a, largely a result of uh, a, a number of fortuitous uh, events, my spending some time with Mike Hayes at the Child Accident Prevention Trust while I was on sabbatical, and uh, his having run into uh, Alex Williamson, who was the specialty journalist editor uh, at a meeting at the BMJ, which of course is the publisher responsible for the journal. This is a BMJ specialty journal. And one thing led to another, and I was dead keen to be editor, and uh, it, so, it, so it happened. If there's a job to be done, I guess someone has to do it. But you were very much the right person at the time. Uh, your, your interests arose out of pediatric injury to start with, probably because of your experience, uh, your clinical experience. Can you elaborate a little bit upon where this journal began in, in pediatrics and, and how it's moved into a more broader um, age group and population group? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, it most certainly began as a, uh, a, a journal focused entirely on children's injuries because I was a pediatrician and uh, I, in many respects, I think at the time, and again, we're talking about 1995, but we can go back uh, a lot earlier than that. Much of the, the pioneering work, at least that I was aware of, was being done in child, child health. Um, there was a, a, a separate stream of uh, preventive injury work going on in the motor vehicle area, um, but <laughs> somehow, other than through seat belts and car seats, the two never really uh, came together uh, in any formal way. So uh, we launched as a child injury journal and uh, injury prevention journal. And indeed our uh, first supporting, sponsoring, whatever organization was, 
the uh, a group that was formed at about the same time that the journal was founded in Atlanta in, in 1994, I guess, the International Society of Child and Adolescent Injury Prevention, a bit of a mouthful. But over a short period of time, I guess it was probably about halfway through my 13 year tenure, uh, we saw the need to expand uh, for a variety of reasons, but most importantly, I hope just uh, good sense that uh, we had to expand to include not just unintentional injury, but intentional injury as well, and to expand to include adult injuries. Barry, can I pick up the um, almost philosophical comments you made initially and, and talk that through? Peter, injury prevention seemed to have developed in a number of different places in the early days, and one of them was child health. One of them was road safety. And then you, you subsequently said that uh, when you started to pick up the other areas, intentional injury was one of the ones that uh, was, I guess, almost at a loose end that you, you, you recognised you had a home for. And I suspect you could think of occupational health and safety as another area where injury prevention grew almost independently and has subsequently been brought into the fold. Do you have any comment, obviously deeply thinking about this for quite some time, as to why child health was one of the early adopters of, of philosophies around public health approach to injury prevention? Why was child health a pioneer in this field? It's a very good question, Rod, and I, I wish I had a a better answer than to simply say that uh, I think pediatricians by and large, child health folks, and I don't want to exclude uh, child health nurses and uh, other people who work with children, uh, we're always somewhat more uh, oriented towards prevention. And uh, I suppose also, as we gradually became, became more aware of and thought more in terms of life years lost and PY, PPYLs and things like that, where we appreciated that an injury occurring to a child had a, a much more profound and long last, long, longer significance than one occurring to an elderly person, for example. So I, I guess, I guess that was part of the driving force, but it's hard, harder to explain. And I just want to reinforce. I mean, you, your point about, for example, occupational safety and health, never even occurred to me as being a major issue uh, until I began to meet some people from NIOSH, and uh, certainly when we we became friends and they actually supported us through the publication of a very, very good uh, supplement. There were, I think, a dozen or so supplements during my time as editor. Those were important to us for all kinds of reasons, but one of which was they provided another source of income, which we didn't have much of because of, there was no advertising to be had. And the other just more fully to respond to your question, the, the suicide and, and homicide uh, dimension, I guess 
we we were slow to accept that those were part of the issue because they always seem so much more difficult to prevent than the unintentional. And maybe that is, well, and, and I think that still largely remains true. On the other hand, in the, one of the reasons we, we were pushed in that direction wisely was that uh, in the States at least, there was a, a growing interest in violence and obviously in uh, guns and other weapons. Uh, and uh, there was funding uh, in those areas. And so we were, we were moved in that direction. Yes, and I think um, in some ways I've recognized from a distance some uh, carrying over of the methodologies you've developed in child health, even into such areas which uh, appear to be caused by quite different things like suicide. And where I'm getting at here is that freedom you give a child to explore and be a child within the uh, protective environment that, that allows a measure of error without leading to real damage. So your, your environmental safety uh, around a developing child is something that is only much more recently been picked up, and I suspect in the late 90s, in road safety around this sort of safe system approach. Yes, and indeed, uh, uh, what's happened over the period, uh, certainly well before the journal was launched, but but when when it became respectable to be interested in injury prevention, child or otherwise, was the realization that the solution was not going to be uh, more and more education, that we had to focus on the instrument of damage, and for example, the car, we had to focus on the environment of damage, the road, I'm just using. And of course we had to focus on the driver, but, but uh, the, uh, the old fashioned belief that uh, we could accomplish all our goals by, by making people wiser and alerting parents to all the dangers that surrounded their children Apart from being uh, blaming victims uh, issue uh, was simply wrong. We couldn't achieve what we wanted to achieve by that means alone. And if anything, that's probably the most important lesson that's, that's emerged through the stewardship of the journal through th three editors. Yes, and it does locate uh, the journal very much in the public health discipline, recognizing that public health is perhaps more than a single discipline. It's a, it's a cluster of them, but it's an approach, isn't it? Which uh, is characterizes health as opposed to um, journals which are more focused in, let's say, engineering, despite the fact that engineering is going to be critical in public health. So there's a, it's an interesting place when you look at the journals and the field of injury, where each of the journals sit in across that big horizon. Yes. And uh... I've always taken the position, wisely or not, that one place that it 
logically should be sitting everywhere. And, and I should add before I go any further that I've been unsuccessful in making this argument, at least in Canada, I've, I've failed, um, is within someplace within public health. I mean, it's inescapable to me that injury is not a health problem. And then thus public health, health must be, take the lead. I mean, I, and that becomes one of the cha huge challenges that we've faced. I mean, uh, uh, traffic injuries don't belong exclusively to road engineers or engine traffic engineers, but ultimately they can't not belong in some, in some metaphysical way to the health community. That's a really nice segue, perhaps, to start talking about the not yet successes that we're facing now, even after the time that you've spent in the field with the know-how and the influence and uh, editing a journal and now uh, honorary editor of the journal. Can you see some places that we still haven't really made inroads into and have places that we really need to go next? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I... I've just alluded to one of them, the, 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 our failure to place uh, the injury prevention issue and then the journal. I mean, I think the journal, let me just back off for a second before I talk about failures. I think the journal has done a fantastically successful job of I don't want to use the word legitimizing, but certainly of uh, solidifying the academic and scientific basis for injury prevention. I, 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 and that's one of the reasons that we, 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 we argued that the journal was needed was for that reason. And the BMJ people were very much in agreement with that. But, um, the 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 that alone it, it was not enough and what what we too often see are um, good papers that describe problems but stop short of as in some people's minds they should stop short of suggesting the kinds of solutions that are really needed. And those solutions require policy, polit political, uh, financial, uh, and uh, public acceptance of the messages that we're trying to issue. Uh, and I'm a strong believer in regulations and, and policy as being the key element. And I think by and large, with the exception of the traffic area, which, which is interestingly the, the largest and, and, it, and I think in many respects the most successful, uh, that we have failed to uh, introduce those elements into the, the, the scene in most countries. And it's interesting, I, in preparing for this, I looked at some statistics from Canada, the US, Australia, and the UK. And we've all seen a large 
a very encouraging reduction in injury fatalities over the last 20 to 30 years and probably longer. Uh, it's hard to put your finger on what accounts for that. The, I think it, much of the credit must go to hospital care if, if we look only at fatalities. If we look at hospitalizations, the figures, the figures are a little less encouraging. Uh, and if you look at injuries that are disabling but not requiring a hospitalization or an extensive one, they're even less encouraging. So I'm wondering a bit, but I hope I've answered your question in part. No, you've, you've definitely have answered the question and at the same time raised several other questions, um, which is, I guess, a, a, an indicator of the sort of mind that you've brought to the problem over time. Do you have a particular area of interest at the moment that you're working on? Uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, I'm... <laughs> I, I'm looking through my notes and I realized that I have been on about bicycle injuries, uh, bicycle head injuries primarily, and hence the helmet issue. Mm -hmm. And I, that continues to trouble me because it seems so damn simple. And yet, uh, even when we struggled and succeeded in getting provinces to require helmet use in children. The results were not what we expected. And the reason they were not was because the legislation was there, but never enforced. And the penalties were never consistently applied and they were never severe enough. And, mm. and the opponents of the legislation jumped on those seemingly seeming failures and said, well, legislation doesn't work. And, and the answer is very simply, of course it doesn't work if it's not enforced. And that's, that's a, a message that runs right across all of the regulatory issues in injury prevention. If you try to regulate and you don't enforce or you leave the enforcement up to the manufacturer of the product that you're trying to control, it's just not gonna be effective. Yes, which gets back to that question that you or the comment you made a few minutes ago that uh, injury prevention, if it's to be effective, is more than just nailing some statistics to a, a lamppost. You've got to then take it the next step, don't you, into implementation, and that is going to be a social change or a policy or a, a, a political statement of some kind, and we can't back away from that if we want to get the result we're after. Yeah, let, let, let me, in case we're running out of time, let me just make two comments uh, about uh, uh, failures. Um, one of which is, and again, I'll focus on Canada, but I think this probably applies. Most countries have not, did not have the um, experience of creating a national center with some strong resources and, uh, and, and including lots of money that the states did when the National Standard for Injury Prevention and Control was created after 
injury in America was written in. And that was a sequence of events that seemed, seemed so smooth and logical that you immediately expected everybody, all the other countries to jump on board and they haven't. And certainly Canada does not have a, uh, any kind of uh, national injury focused. Uh, Australia has, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, a, a bit more, uh, perhaps a lot more. Uh, I know a, uh, the, the ACCIC is it, uh, the insurance. Uh, people have driven uh, much of this as they should, uh, but most countries don't, and that's a failure. The other failure is um, when when one goes to a lot of trouble to try and um, uh, remedy uh, an aspect of a problem, and and then the follow through is not there. And the example I have in mind of my failure was having come back from a visit to Australia and totally inspired by what it was called NISP at the time, yes. uh, the Injury Surveillance Program in National Injury Surveillance Victoria. Program. And I thought, wow, this is exactly what we have to do in Canada because everyone thinks the problem is small because the only thing we can count is deaths. And we know that uh, the, we need surveillance at the injury room, at the ER level. And so I created uh, a very good surveillance system based on what I saw in, and with the help of my Australian colleagues uh, called CHIRP. And it, it survives to this day. It's uh, uh, very popular for, for counting. But, but virtually nothing good in the way of policy or programs, prevention strategies has come from it. And that's because along, you can't just count without having another body whose job it is to take those numbers and transform them into programs and policies. And I consider this to be a, a great failure because I, I think the policy people are, are, are very happy when they get good numbers. I mean, by good numbers, I don't mean necessarily positive numbers, but lots of numbers and they can say, okay, well, we have such and such. But it avoids them having to, then answer the next logical question. So what have you done with these numbers to make things better? That's a perfect place to finish. I think the idea of what can we show for our efforts? Yeah. Uh, this has been a, um, a very important conversation. I think it's one of the, the really interesting conversations to be had and it's nicely packaged by yourself. Thank you with all of your experience. We've been honored to have this discussion and uh, we look forward to your continued contribution um, in the years ahead. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, Rod. Thank you. We've been listening to the thoughts of Emeritus Professor Barry Pless. Those of you who would like to learn more about the topics that Barry's been discussing, I'd invite you to visit the journal's website 
on injuryprevention.bmj.com. Remember, you can subscribe to Injury Prevention Podcasts in your favorite platform or app and have it automatically downloaded to your device each month.